0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. Now, as we promised at the end of our World Championships review podcast last week, we have a World Championships swimmer and Dan, a World Championship medalist
1: on this podcast for everyone in Lauren Cox. Yeah, I mean, what a moment in the career of Lauren Cox. I remember some people were questioning why she was selected on the team. Do you remember that? Uh, And yet she comes away with the bronze medal in the 50 backstroke. I mean, what a story. What a season she's had. And I can't wait to hear everything, all her thoughts about it, basically. Yes, so let's have a quick listen for what's to come on this week's show.
2: So I did a lot of um, visualisation of um, anything, really. If I'm in the cool room, I just close my eyes sometimes and think about Something other than swimming, maybe a time when I was really happy, like I did a really fun activity. I'd think about that, or sometimes I'd pick one aspect of my race. So it used to be my start. If when I was um when I was working on my starts, I'd just picture watching myself do a perfect start, and I found that calmed my nerves a bit because it'd be like, right, I can do that. I've seen myself do it, mm. and I just pick one aspect because you can't look at the whole race when you're in the cool room, and that would stress you out so and then but now I think about my turn so I just visualize myself doing a turn and then going into the race I think if I nail my turn no matter what I'll be happy because it's what I'm working on it's a process goal of mine Mm. so it doesn't matter what the time would be because you can't get caught up on the time I think I had to remind myself that quite a lot I think it was like if I nail the turn the time's going to be good and even if it isn't I've still done something good to make myself a better swimmer
0: so for anyone who isn't aware of Lauren Cox and her journey so far in swimming she is a swimmer who trains out of Loughborough University under the coach Ian Hume she's part of the main international squad of sprinters that they have in that setup training with the likes of Louise Hansen who we have previously had on this podcast now she made the switch over to Loughborough a few years ago after training at Coventry for six years this summer as she came away from the world championships with a bronze in the 50 meters backstroke, racing against world championship superstars, Kaylee McEwen and Reagan Smith, and almost beating them to gold. So on this week's show, we're going to be talking to Lauren about those world championships, what is to come in the future, the training setup at Loughborough, and of course. Why target 50s when 100 metres are the Olympic event? Dan, it's going to be a great podcast, so let's get into it. Okay, so please welcome onto the podcast this week, World Championship bronze medalist in the 50 metre backstroke, Lauren Cox. Lauren, thank you for joining us this week. How are things with you? Has it um, sank in that you're actually a world's medalist?
2: No, it hasn't fully sank in. I keep on thinking like, gosh, I actually did that last week <laughs> still a bit crazy so yeah
1: uh are you are you aware that you were the first female british summer to claim an individual world medal since 2015
2: i did see a tweet about that and i actually didn't believe it when i saw it but um <laughs> that makes the medal even better and i was i was i think i was more shocked about that than the actual medal mm. itself i thought that was okay. even better
0: yeah because yeah, British women it's kind of its said these days that the men are like the star or like the stars of the show but actually you think back and women swimming in this country isn't weak like it is really strong and the girls that you were part of the team of are really good swimmers which is why it's such a shock that it has been that long
2: yeah um the girls on the team are amazing so like mm. it, that's why it shocks me I think is because I just think like you know the swimming in great britain for females is such a high standard i think and i think it's Mm -hmm. crazy to then compare that to like the world standard as well
0: yeah absolutely now you were one of the the very few or lucky few who had your parents out there with you in the crowd so what was it like for them to kind of experience you winning that medal in front of them
2: oh they were so happy you know my parents have been the drivers of my career really they were the ones that would get up in the morning to drive me at silly o'clock to Coventry and swim and they've put (laughs) they like fund me the whole way through like they still are funding me now so it's it was so special for them to see like all their hard work time and money has like really paid off and they're such big sports fans themselves they both played sport when they were Mm -hmm. younger so they're really passionate they love seeing everyone in the team you know they keep up to date with what they're doing and like whether their swim's how they're swimming so you know they were really really happy to be there and they loved every minute of it
1: what was their what was their immediate reaction to your to your medal was it more tears joy what What was the kind of emotions just everything I imagine
2: yeah everything I think they're really happy my dad gets uh, more nervous than I do so I think he was a bit <laughs> shocked and they said that that where they were sitting they couldn't quite see so they were waiting on the board for the times to come up and they couldn't tell if i'd just got it or missed it and then when it came up they were so happy and they were taking loads of pictures and i'm sure there were a couple of tears but they didn't show me them when i went and said <laughs> when i when i showed them my medal
1: i'm <laughs> well, there's photo frames already up on the walls at, at the home
2: oh yeah definitely and there's been a, yeah. <laughs> there's been a couple instagram posts as well which i love seeing them trying to take selfies really
0: funny i mean you say they couldn't see it there when we were at home we we couldn't see either it it very nearly looked like you got gold like it was within touch and distance has like as much as winning a bronze medal has sank in has it sank in that you were that close to a gold
2: no it hasn't i think that was crazy and part of me is thinking like oh if only my finish was a little bit better and some people (laughs) quite a few people said to me like oh Lauren you almost got that. And I was like, it's mm. so... I I did not think I could win a medal. I was like, I was going in there wanting to make a final and just like get a PB, you know? And then to think I was that close to actually winning kind of blows my mind a bit because I never put myself up there with the girls I'm swimming against. Mm. So, yeah. So,
0: yeah. So, you've watched your race back now then? Yes. And okay, so... I-
2: it was yeah it was close and i was thinking like i don't remember swimming the race my mind co- kind of goes blank from taking my like clothes off to them being behind the block i don't actually remember what i did in the race <laughs> so it was funny watching me swim it because i was like wow i really did that
1: mm. i mean you're racing the you're racing the two best backstrokers that i've ever lived and arguably nearly beating them over the over the course of the 50 meter swim that's quite incredible really
2: yeah it's i've watched them they're all i watched their trials you know the australian and then the um usa ones and i was like wow they're just incredible swimmers and then when i was like next to them in the cool room and then you just kind of realize like they're just normal people they're just like you know Mm -hmm. ask you to put their straps up and that kind of like made it feel (laughs) a bit more normal to me because i was like they're no different to me they're just really really fast in the water
0: yeah i I think that's actually something we find out all the time when we're on this podcast speaking to swimmers it's just like okay they get nervous for doing a podcast just like we Mm. do they're like everyday human beings like they are like um the superstars of our sport but at the same Mm. time is it's just a person at the end of the day like and you can relate to them when you're in that environment yeah
2: it's i get that with being on like the gb team it was like these people i've looked up to my whole swimming career and now i'm sitting at a table having dinner with them i had to like pinch myself a couple times like wow and they're just <laughs> normal i was like wow it's really yeah. really cool
0: yeah yeah yeah. now something we kind of always regrettably say on this podcast is that british women doesn't really target the 50s like even though you've won your medal in it it's it's not a massive part of what British women wants to achieve, but was it a big part of your program? Did you put an emphasis on it at this World Championships?
2: Definitely, I think it was. I know that the fifties aren't favoured because they're not Olympic events, and I always get mm. that. And I I don't like it when people call me a fifty swimmer because I can't be a fifty swimmer unless I do fifty free. Because I, my ultimate goal is to make mm. the Olympics, and I'm not going to do that yeah. in the fifty. But so in my program, it's hundred. Like that's what I train for the hundred and. I'm good at the fifty, so it's like we do that just because I'm good at it. Really, like we're not going to not do it because it doesn't really. It's short enough that it doesn't really like affect my hundred. If it was to come before in worlds, I could still do it, but it, luckily it falls after. So, and I think it supplements the hundred quite well because you know you've got to get out quick. I mean, they're both sprints. You have just got to come back on one of them, and the other one you can mm. stop, which I'm much better at doing. But yeah, I think. the the 50 is not really a focus of mine it's one of my strengths but it's I'm Mm. definitely more 100 focused at the minute
1: do you think the attitude towards 50 events in this country needs to change so like for example you won a medal obviously but then you take a look at the 50 breaststroker Imogen Clark who arguably could have won a medal herself over well this year and previous years as well Um, is that a thing that probably British swimming should look at and change potentially
2: yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, 50s are great and they're in every other major beat than the Olympics. So I don't see why we can't for a world championships qualify on a 50 or they just take us to do a 50 because, I mean, at the end of the day, it'd be another medal for them. Like I'm sure Emmy would have yeah. medaled and that makes British swimming look better. But yeah. I do also see why they don't because why would they want to fund people or like, um spend money on people when it's not going to be in the Olympics which is everyone's Olympics is a goal yeah, yeah the yeah. Olympics is the main thing for anyone it's the main thing for British swimming and an event that's not going to be there like it sucks and what needs to change mm. is they need to be added into the Olympics because that would be way better but yeah. at the minute it's not looking like that's going to happen so we kind of just have to accept it and it's something that's out of our control but it's definitely not fair because i love the 50 and if i could just do the 50 i would But <laughs> i can't <laughs> yeah
0: it's like it's a real shame you say it doesn't look likely that it's going to be added to the Olympic program we're going to ask you what maybe you thought it's going to take to get there but you come away from a world championships like this and the excitement around the 50s there were world records hit all over the place mm. in yeah well women's 50 breaststroke um it's
1: free yeah
0: it's yeah. a shame that these events that are so exciting and they're not going to get in the way of the program because they're 20 seconds 30 seconds yeah. long um yeah. and in a world of the tiktok era like that that might be the way to draw a new audience in it is a yeah. really fast sprint so like maybe la is it might come around them but even then i think it might be a long shot which is, it is a big shame
2: yeah i wish that there were more conversations i mean maybe there are conversations but i'm not knowing about them about the 50s being introduced Mm. because i think more people would watch them like i know people Mm. who aren't even like swimming fans would much rather watch a 20 second race over a potential like four five minute race you know so i'm not Mm -hmm. i don't know but um hopefully i I keep my fingers crossed that they're going to be added because that would be pretty amazing
1: we just think it would draw more casual viewers, you know, the people that aren't in a swimming circle. They'd more likely watch a 50 meter race than, like you said, like the 400 or plus distances like that. Um, but yeah, it's very difficult because I don't know how it would fit in a the program. They've already added another day anyway to fit in the 800 and the 1500. So adding another day to make it what then? A 10 day? olympic meet that that's then quite long you know you're looking at the best part of two weeks so i don't know how it how it fit in but i think it'd be amazing from a spectator point of view i think this should be looked at but i don't know how it's going to work
2: it would i'm sure if they properly looked they'd be able to fit, fit them in but it's whether well, they do it at worlds don't they at. yeah yeah they do it everywhere yeah. else at commies they did it like <laughs> exactly. it's, i don't understand yeah. why it's different at the olympics but hopefully they think that they can do it soon
0: okay so you say you're more suited then to racing the 50 that's the one you love so how does that help your 100 because the 100 is the goal the 100 is the olympic event how does the 50 translate to the 100
2: so it's definitely like having that speed that top end speed like my rate is quite high um so i think that that helps in the first length and then it's just trying to maintain that like something i've been working on is not going out too crazy in the first 50 because then i've got nothing to come back on um so I've got to like try and rein in my speed a bit to be able to maintain it but I think it's better I don't know but in my head it's better for me to be able to rein in my speed than to try and produce it to go out quick enough if I'm more of a back-end swimmer I definitely think that for the hundred because it is still like a very quick sprint and the girls Mm -hmm. I mean Regan and Kaylee went out in 27s i want to say 28 low you know like that's (laughs) still that's so quick and it's like that is so close to their 50 pb and then they're coming back like the speed is a huge part of the 100
1: so as you're a sprinter is it then easier to have the easy speed at the start and then come back a bit stronger at the end so like um, for example the chinese breaststroker who i thought was just a 1500 meter breaststroker but then going out in his 200, he went out in a 60 point, so it's PB mm. plus three. That I assume that would be quite comfortable for him so that he's got enough energy on the way back for the second half. Would that kind of relate to you as well? So you can go, let's say, I don't know, PB plus one on the first 50 and then you've got enough for the second 50?
2: Yeah, I think theoretically, yes. I think I'm still trying mm. to work on that balance because mm. I, I think I went out in 29 low or 28 high or, and then came back in like a 30 point. I need to be going out quicker, but then sometimes if I go out quicker, I die a lot harder. So it's (laughs) that easy speed can sometimes not be easy enough. (laughs) But I think that's more me trying to find a good race plan. But it's good that I've got the option to either go super, super, super like rating, like super high or maybe try and bring it back in. I think it's easier to train your mind essentially that way to Mm. race that event.
0: When you yeah. talk about it, it's it's you trying to find a perfect race plan, how do you go about that? Because we've spoken I think to Luke Turley before and he said the way they go about it at Bath is there's loads of lactate testing going on and essentially it's you have to go out at a certain like within point one of a second. Mm. Otherwise if you go too fast you produce too much lactate to then hurt your back end. Is it the same sort of thing for you in the hundred and the Loughborough setup that you're a part of?
2: Definitely. I think it's been a lot more trial and error this year. Like I remember saying to Ian sometimes, I'm just going to absolutely bomb it down this first length and we'll see what we've got on the way back. <laughs> and it doesn't really work <laughs> <Pain>. very well, <laughs> painful. <laughs> and then other times it's been like, I, um, instead of doing like lactate, foods, we do a lot of lactate testing. Um, mm. But I find For me to be able to like relate it and understand it, I need to be on like rates work. So I know if I go out in my 50 is like I go out in like 60 plus, so sometimes I hit 63 and then I drop down to like 57, 58, hopefully by the end of the race. In my 100, if I go out in a 60, I'm not making it past in that last 15. Whereas if I go out in like a 57, I can hold it a bit more. So that's similar to like the lactate stuff, but much more like rate based
0: okay so there might be a few people listening to this podcast who don't know what a rate is could you just explain it in kind of simple terms what that means then going out in a 57 or a 60
2: so that's i think that's it's just the rate of like my arms so my turnover rate how fast i'm spinning my arms um coaches do it differently and like there's many different ways people can do their rate like i think you can do it a minute i think like in a minute and then i think you can do it in the 50 oh yeah per minute and then like throughout the 50 so yeah uh,
0: okay so it's it's like revolutions more than a stroke count essentially it yeah is how it's done
2: yeah because i know some some of the breaststrokers i train with do it on stroke count whereas mine is Mm -hmm. always um rate based so i actually don't know how many strokes i do in a length it's definitely not sixty, okay. but that's like just how I, <laughs> that, how I do be it. Nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So do, you'd say you're still learning the hundred, then?
2: Definitely, I think for me being so um, fast, twitchy, naturally, and like mm. sprinty, I do find the hundred quite difficult to like wrap my head around. And I think I've definitely not had the perfect race yet in the hundred, mm. and. I'm still trying to find out how I can drop down. Like People think I should be going a lot quicker than I do because of my 50. And in my head, I I believe that, but I've still Mm. got to find out how to swim it properly because I think every race I do good bits. I've just got to string it together and see what happens.
1: See, I actually... I actually think the 100 backstroke is one of the harder races. It kind of goes under the radar because it hurts your legs so much. Like you say, if you bomb it from the the first 50, the legs on the last 25, my God, you can't feel them. You're sinking. It's it's tragic. Um, but you're doing quite well, to be fair. You've gone sub 60. What did you go? 59-7 in the semifinals to so just miss out on a final. Yeah. That was I, I was quite gutted when I saw that because I thought there was another gear to be found there.
2: Yeah. Um, how,
1: how, how, how pleased are you with your season's results in that 100 metres?
2: I'm so pleased. Um from starting I wanted to break a minute last year. That was my goal last year and then when I didn't mm. do it I was like, oh that's kind of annoying. So it was a major goal this year. And I just missed mm. out at trials going 0.01 and that was yeah. kind of heartbreaking yeah. for me. I remember I was happy, but I was like I didn't want to go that. And why did I go 0.02 over? Like you know, I was so mm. confused because I was mm. so ready to go 59. And then I did it out of the blue at um, Seti Collie. And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, that was amazing. And I think that was a huge barrier for me. It was so yeah. annoying when I um, came 10th, I was so upset. <laughs> I was like, yeah, what is it. going on? Cause I was like, <laughs> it was like, I couldn't, that was like matched my best time. I thought I could go yeah. a bit quicker, but I was still happy that I went 59 again cause I did it once. And then I was like, ooh, can I do that again? But I did, and then I did it again in the relay. So I think mm-hmm. I'm a bit consistent now, going under 60. But um, it was a huge barrier. I think like breaking si- a minute for a hundred backstroke is massive, and people mm-hmm. hype that up. To me, at least, they it was like Con- Ian was always going, "You can go 59. You need to go 59. Mm-hmm. I believe you can go 59." And then eventually, I did it. It was amazing, and now it's like, how far down in the 59s can I get?
0: Yeah. Yeah, mm. it's it's almost like the the marker from uh, a very good elite backstroker to then, once you go under 60, you're, you're world's level, aren't you? That's essentially the standard you're at.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think so I kept it, missing that up till this point, And I felt like I wasn't really a world-class swimmer in my 100. But I was in my 50. And now they're getting closer together, which is what I mm. want.
0: And it's more of like a mental hurdle you've overcome this uh, yeah.
2: season. Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I... I really struggle mentally with the hundred it's I think I put a lot of my pressure on myself to it because it's my only event I can qualify into the Olympics for I really like um like um get emotional over the hundred because it's like Mm. I have one shot and it needs to be good and I feel like my hundred isn't good enough yet compared to like the other girls in Britain like it's it needs to be better if I want to be able to compete with them and I put a lot of pressure on myself, which makes me not enjoy the 100 even more, even when it's painful. And then I get myself worked up over it. So it's I'm definitely trying to find a balance of still enjoying it. Because then when I enjoy it, I do really well. Whereas if I get a bit in my head about it, I tend to just not swim it great.
1: Do you work on the psychological aspects of it?
2: Yeah, I do a lot of... um psych stuff to help I get very very nervous before competing and that used to really hinder my performances when I was younger so I've definitely really? um, worked with sports psychs throughout my career to really try and make sure my head's in the right place because I, I like everyone struggles with like their mental health and their and especially in swimming like it's such a hard sport and it's every day early mornings which are not my forte mm. and you know it's, it gets tough and we all need help sometimes and sometimes i just need to have a chat and get it all out and then with the nerves i couldn't have gone to worlds without having that um sports psych mm. support it, um i wouldn't have done as well that i would have crumbled under the pressure for sure
1: so when you were younger if we've got a younger list uh, so if you when you were younger if we've got a younger listener Uh, who's listening to you right now, who has the same sort of issue, like getting nervous before the races, what did you do when you were, let's say 13, 14 sort of years old?
2: So I did a lot of um, visualisation of um, anything really. If I'm in the cool room, I just close my eyes sometimes and think about something other than swimming. Maybe a time when I was really happy, like I did a really fun activity, I'd think about that. Or sometimes I'd pick one aspect of my race. So it used to be my start. If when I was... um, when I was working on my starts I'd just picture watching myself do a perfect start and I found that calmed my nerves a bit because it'd be like right I can do that I've seen myself do it Hmm. and I just pick one aspect because you can't look at the whole race when you're in the call room and that would stress you out so and then but now I think about my turn so I just visualize myself doing a turn and then going into the race I think if I nail my turn no matter what, I'll be happy because it's what I'm working on. It's a process goal of mine. Mm. So it doesn't matter what the time would be because you can't get caught up on the time. I think I had to remind myself that quite a lot. I think it was like, if I nailed the turn, the time's going to be good. And even if it isn't, I've still done something good to make myself a bear swimmer. Mm.
0: So and that yeah. second 50 is going to hurt a little bit less as well.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you block that. Don't don't even think about
1: that. Like, oh, I don't want to imagine the pain. <laughs> I,
2: can't, I can't think about the pain just before because then I'll, bottle it and point to it
0: yeah yeah <laughs> now um you've already mentioned them on this podcast of so two amazing backstrokers that you got to race um and they're they're world class across every single distance is kaylee mckeon and reagan smith yeah so mm-hmm. what was it like to race them in the pool so you've spoken about making them human outside of the pool but mm-hmm. have you looked at their swims and taken away anything that you can add to your own because they're what well, they're Go in or trading world records left right and center
2: yeah they're incredible swimmers and i, I was so honored to be in the same pool as them um, the other week and i definitely looked at their turn because the turn is a huge thing of what i'm working on so i've been watching what they do their approach their underwaters is a big thing like my underwaters are quite weak so i was looking that off the start their starts are both really good and i think my start in the semi was better than my start in the final and it was similar to, because I was in with Regan, it was similar to Regan's that day. Mm. So I think they're the two technical aspects I've been watching them for. And also, I just, I like to see, when I was there, I like to see what they do in the call cool room, how they act, because, for example, like watching the boys in the cool room when you see them on the telly, they're all very serious, you know, they don't mm. smile, they mm. don't do anything. So I thought, oh, I wonder what they're doing, because I didn't really know how to act in a call cool room. I didn't, I didn't. I, I kind of acted how I'd want to, but... I did, I kind of looked what they were doing, learnt from them, and they're just, you know, sitting, having a chat, their teammates were both with them each time, I think, so they were just talking to them, talking to the girls around them, and I think it was quite like a relaxed, it made me feel feel more relaxed that they act just chill in the cool room instead of being quite scary, so I think it was nice to see them in that sense and learn bits about that. Hmm.
1: Have you so you you said you've looked back at your own races. Do you look back at Reagan and Kaylee's swim and then take that back to Loughborough with yourself and Ian watching it back and then taking bits and pieces and implementing it into your swimming. Is that the way it works?
2: Yeah, I think we will do. We'll have a meeting at the beginning of the season and we'll talk about last season, the good, the bad, what can be better, what mm. don't we want to do this season? And I think I'm definitely gonna like we we will look and I'm sure he will look at what they're doing and try and see if I can do that or something different or change what I'm doing for example in my turn and I think it's good Mm -hmm. to like take bits from them like I remember when I first joined Loughborough um, Georgia Davies was training with us and obviously an amazing backstroker and she gave Mm -hmm. I did um, me and Louise were doing backstroke starts with her and I took I learned so much from that and she probably doesn't even realize that I was like so engaged Mm -hmm. but that definitely helped my start loads so I definitely think looking at what they're doing will help me even more because I do I look up to them so I'm obviously going to try and want to be like them or at least take bits of it to make mine better
0: Mm. so while we're here then let's talk a little bit more about your training then at Loughborough so you're not actually part of the two national center setups that go on at the hall of dreams if, no. if that's what I remember it's called yeah. you're, you're actually swimming <laughs> under Ian Hume so reveal to us a little bit more what that squad is like and how training works for you
2: um so in our squad it's a bit different to the national center we have a bunch of internationals with us so we've got two Swedish girls we've got Irish we've got um Polish you know so I quite like that because there's no direct competition like I'm not fighting these people for a spot on the Olympic team, for example, like you mm. would be in the National Centre. That's quite like a harsh way of putting it, but I'm not their direct opponents until we get to the world stage, which I quite like because I'm not constantly comparing myself to them during training. So that's okay. obviously really good, which I really enjoy. Um, the whole setup is quite cool. We're, we're all at uni. Most of us are at uni, couple aren't, which is really nice. So our times roughly work around uni sometimes there's a couple of clashes um but we all get individualized programs which is really good we have SNC which is amazing the support at loughborough is incredible i get quite a lot mm. and i'm really grateful for that and then uh, our setup set up at loughborough is pretty good and it's very um one-on-one with ian like we do a lot of meetings we do a lot of catch-ups um he is very on top of us being okay without like we, we get a weekly plan every week he's like any issues let me know it's very tailored so if i have classes it can be moved i can come in another session if i have something on at the weekend not all the time but sometimes he's very lenient at letting me either have saturday morning off or i'll just move saturday and fit it in on like a wednesday morning which i think is really good like um uh, Coach athlete relationship is like one mm. of the main things, and definitely we've worked on that since year one. I know that's mm. been a really big thing for both me and Ian, especially is just making sure we're both comfortable with each other, we both trust each other, so that we can get the best out. And it's clearly working; cause I'm swimming really, really well. And mm, I feel 100%. I trust him completely that his training works for me, and I think that that's the main thing of what's helped me get to where I am. That and the Loughborough facilities are pretty cool because obviously the national mm. centre's there as well. Great facilities. Well,
1: yeah, that was my that was my next question. Have you been asked to go over to the national performance squads, or have you wanted to, or like considered it in any sort of way?
2: Um, I've never been asked personally, but um, I have thought about it. But um, mm. I don't really like moving a lot. Like I was at Coventry for six, seven years same coach there, mm. came to Ian. That was like first big change, really. And then it took mm. me, it takes me a while to get used to someone. So I think I don't want to change as much as some people do. Some okay. people are quite good at changing. So I've never really mm. fully considered it. I guess if anything was to happen, then potentially I would, because I quite like being in Loughborough, because it's close to my home. But um, mm. other than that, no, I'm quite happy with where I am. I think it's a much more relaxed environment than the National mm. Centre. That's how I mm. perceive it anyway. It might not be, but I do quite like being in the unique squad. It's quite fun.
0: I mean, everything you say about like, um, or oh, we've said so many times on this podcast, like a happy swimmer makes a fast swimmer and going way off on the tangent here is exactly the the relationship that Ollie Morgan has with his coach, Gary, which is why Ollie Morgan has dropped leaps and bounds this year. Yeah. So why would you want to move like you and Ian sounds like you've, like taken a few years to build up this trust this relationship like hopefully it just reaps the rewards again next year with
2: Paris on the horizon yeah hopefully I think going into Paris I don't want to change too much I definitely wouldn't want to change anything too drastic because I mean it's going to be quite a high stress year so being with Mm. someone that I'm already comfortable with and I trust and we've had results for the two years I've been there so I mean there's no Mm. reason on paper why that can't happen next year. Obviously, there's other things involved that could happen, but theoretically, it looks like it could be good for next year for us working together.
1: So how does the training shift away from the 50 now going into Olympic year? Do you know like next year's block? I know you've just said you you haven't had a meeting with Ian just yet, but do you have a rough idea of how next year is going to pan out?
2: Yeah, so I think it's going to be pretty similar to last year, pretty heavy Mm. winter block going into it i get back uh late september so i think it's going to be like all systems go from the minute i get in heavy heavy training i know we're going to do a couple camps again which will be really good i love a swim camp so i think that would be really good but um not can't say I'm looking forward to the winter training block. That's always the
1: worst one. <laughs> Who does? Does does anyone?
2: <laughs> I hope not. Cause if they did, that'd be weird. But um no, I I think it will be good. I am really excited to get back in. I'm ready to just get in and give my all. My training is very back end speed based, so I do a lot of back end speed, and it's got to be at the right time because obviously that's my weakest area of my. Um, 100 is my back-end speed, so I think it's going to be a lot more of that. It's come on a lot this year, my back-end speed, so I think also we're just going to have to have conversations about how I need to swim the race and see, which I've already spoken mm. about, and see like what changes we could make there. Yeah.
0: So what's the, the ultimate goal next year beyond making the Olympic team in Paris? That's, that's the obvious answer, but what is the goal, or what is going to be written down on your locker for 2024
2: um definitely make the olympic team but not only make it uh make a final i'd love to be in that 100 back final um in paris i think that would be incredible and i also like obviously we have um the relays i'd love to be the Mm. final swimmer for the relays like i i get um at the minute i'm probably just the heat swimmer so far and i'd love to be able to be the one that they know they can count on for the final, that's definitely a massive goal of mine. Um, So, you know, just that is probably number one, because to be a part of that mixed and then the female medley relay would be Mm. incredible. Mm. Like they're already, we have the world record in one. That's like amazing. So to be Mm. a part of that team would just be incredible. And I think I don't want to just be in the heats. I want to be the final swimmer. So I'll be a bit disappointed. Obviously, very grateful. But in myself, I expect more, than just to be like the Mm. heat swimmer.
1: Interesting. So relays are just as important as the individual swim. Is that right?
2: Definitely. I think that's a massive, what they're the British swimming are really trying to bring that into the sport now is Mm. like they really like the relays just as much as the individual. And I think in some cases, the relays are a much better chance at potentially getting a medal for some people. So I think that Mm. that's great that they should focus on them because then, you know you become olympic champion or olympic medalist that's life-changing mm-hmm. at the end
0: of the day yeah i mean the attitude has worked so far like there's there's <laughs> obviously been hard decisions to make around individuals and at the worlds and olympics before but i mean it it's a sport that's judged on outcome and the outcome for the relays has been world class
2: yeah so, mm.
0: Yeah. I, I understand it and i uh I don't know. It's it's really interesting to see that you're you're not just stopping at making the Paris team. It's nope, not even just a heat swim. Nope, final, final of a relay, and and beyond, which is really got interesting. to aim big. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I think that's the main thing. Is I need something to get me out of bed in the morning. And being one of those eight in the Olympic final, whether it's a relay or an individual or both, if I'm lucky enough, mm-hmm. it would. That's like the a main main thing because it's one thing to go to the Olympics and then another to like make the final that's just that's what I dream of so whether it's Paris or LA if I'm still around that's still gonna be in the back of my mind every day
0: Absolutely. Well, Lauren, before we finish this podcast, we do usually do some quick-fire questions okay. so that our audience can get to know you that little bit better. Um most of them are easy. We finish with a very left-field <laughs> one. one. Yeah. We okay. Finish with a left-field one. Um so what is your favorite event in swimming?
2: 50 backstroke.
0: Who is your swimming idol? Oh,
2: um Kaylee McEwen.
0: Okay. What's your proudest swimming moment so far?
2: Swimming at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham.
0: What is really? the hardest set you've ever done?
2: Ooh. Um, probably <laughs> we did these um, ten fifties off two minutes, one easy, one back end speed off like yeah off two minutes and that was really 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 hard after doing relays to begin with 50 relays which was just that was really hard yeah i don't think i've explained Mm. the hardness enough there but i really struggled in that (laughs) session
0: (laughs) it kind of sounds like uh is it like lactate lactic building 50s but you've got an active recovery in the middle of it yeah yeah
2: Yeah. and lactate when it hits me it it hits and i am Mm. crying in my goggles in this session
0: (laughs) And final question, it helps people to get to know you a little bit away from the swimming pool. So if you to go on a road trip, there's three spaces in the car. You can take friends, family, celebrities, anyone you want. Who would you take with you?
2: Uh, My mum, because she can talk so much, so there would never be an awkward silence. (laughs) Um, Channing Tatum, because I love him, and I think that'd be really cool. And probably Nicki Minaj, because I love her music. And what better than karaoke carpool?
0: a singer nice
1: new awesome. names I haven't had those before no. new names. No. Yeah.
2: I'd, I'd be
0: surprised if we've had lauren's mum before oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: well you know she talks to everyone so they, you know she might have got in there
0: maybe, maybe well lauren thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the propulsions women podcast it's been a lot of fun and yeah massive congratulations for your world championship bronze medalist thank i hope you. it sinks in in the near future mm. and best of luck heading forward into Paris in
1: 2024.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, thank you for coming on. Honestly, I'm just going to echo what Scott said and just best of luck for, for Paris and what the, the year leading up to it. Obviously, we've got to get there first. So yeah. uh, <laughs> British Trials is going to be a big old meet, I think. So, uh, yeah, will. best
2: of luck for it. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So, Dan, brilliant to speak to one of GB's medal-winning members from the World Champs. Um, fascinating story of Lawrence in itself, the fact that she is mainly a 50 swimmer, and she outwardly says, like, if the 50 was at the Olympics, she'd love it. Um, and that is her favorite event. It is her strongest event, but she actually can't race the 50 at Olympics. So she has to work out what's best for swimming the 100, which is the Olympic event. And it's actually
1: really interesting to hear. Yeah, the fact that she's still learning the Hmm. Um, event—it's weird to say that you get your. She's a world championship medalist, and yet she's still learning the the event. I know it's it's an extra fifty meters, but still learning the event. Um, It's very interesting. It's quite—it's quite interesting that I don't think novice is the right word, but the kind of novice mentality of you know in the call room and looking over at the other girls and taking bits and pieces away from what they do there, and then having a look at the uh, the video replay of how Kaylee and Reagan are swimming and taking bits and pieces and then implementing it into the training afterwards it's quite interesting and the way that she dealt with nerves i thought that was quite a good message as well mm-hmm. which is why i asked that question if there's a younger swimmer listening to this and who have that same issue because i i deal with nerves as well don't i so it's uh, quite interesting that she yeah um it's quite interesting that she had that same thing and the way that she the way she visualizes just one aspect, just think mm. about the start or just think about the turn or think of one thing rather than the whole race because then it becomes you know overwhelming. I thought that was a really good message from Lauren and one that um, a few swimmers might take away something from that as well.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think she did the right thing at was to look at these girls in Reagan and Kaylee mm. and be like, oh, what are they doing? Because Paris is the ultimate goal. It's the reason that 50 isn't the target for British women. It's the reason the 100 is because the Olympics is what our sport is, whether you like that or not. I know mm. me and you have our own private opinions about that, but I think there's a huge future for her, especially when we say, and you just said, she's still learning the event. Like she's, mm. and by event, you mean the hundred back. Hundred. like She's yeah. still getting to grips with how to race it best when she is essentially the fastest backstroker in this country. Like speed wise, oh, I yeah. would say if, like, if she's just won a medal at 50. Um, and she's now broken that mental barrier of the 62nd mark, which is a big deal in women's backstroke. That is a big one to get through. And we saw what happened to Medi. As soon as she yep. passed that mark, essentially 12 months ago, the snowball's been rolling ever since, and she's taken it all within her stride. And I kind of feel like the same's coming for Lauren. Like, the, the mental aspect is the hurdle, and she's getting over that.
1: Yeah, and the setup as well in Loughborough. Obviously, mm. the partnership she has with Ian, the fact that it's a uni squad. I remember you saying you said about Ollie Morgan what, and how I, his trajectory has gone so well. It could be the same for Lauren as well.
0: I did really like the fact that she openly said she enjoys not racing against her national competitors. Like yeah, That's a that really interesting, interesting thing because most people would want to test themselves against the best in this country day in, day out. But mm. actually, you think she's testing herself against the best in the world, and, well, Louise Hansen isn't. Mm-hmm a world championship backstroker, but she's a good backstroker and she's a world championship swimmer. Um, It's it's interesting that that is what helps her build some mental toughness and
1: important to her journey. And I I quite like that. Yeah, again, I think it's just about enjoying it and being happy in the environment that you're in. And she came from Coventry, which she said is not too far away from where she's training now. So she's able to go home if necessary. Um, I, I just generally think the setup that she has is comfortable i don't know if comfortable is the right word but it, it's a happy sort of place you know and so that's the reason why she's getting results i think and so again another message for everyone as long as you're enjoying yourself you will get the best out of yourself 100 percent. so that just about rounds up this week's
0: episode of the propulsion swimming podcast we will be back next week where we are talking the len under 23's inaugural event hopefully mm. touch wood if <laughs> everything goes to plan Um, But don't worry, there are going to be more World Championship swimmers appearing on this podcast over the next few weeks. We just thought it's a new competition. Let's touch upon it next week and see how it goes. So if you haven't subscribed already, please do so on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And me and Dan will see you
1: in seven days time. Yeah, thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll catch you on the next one.
2: You've been listening to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast with Scott and Dan. We want to thank you for joining us and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as checking out the Propulsion Swimming YouTube channel for weekly tutorials and videos to get
0: your swimming fix. We will be back next week. Until then, we'll catch you on the next one.